This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We have an awesome program today and a special guest, our Toronto correspondent, Ted Kritsonos. We have lured him into the program today to uh, talk all things mobile and app related. Later on, we'll be covering the new iPad Pro using the new uh, Apple M1 chip at an upper range of $3,000 Canadian for the fully specced out one. Would you spend that much on a tablet? Well, we'll get into the details uh, on that. We'll also uh, be talking about uh, the Xbox Game Pass. It's no longer just on Xboxes. You can play Xbox games on other devices uh, as well. And uh, we'll be talking about the Rogers outage, uh, some of our thoughts on that too. Uh, but let's get into some of the uh, the app news uh, that's uh, happening out there. And sorry, Ted, thanks for joining us, by the way. Oh, well, yeah, pleasure to be here, guys. I hope you can contribute well. <laughs> We'll, we'll find out. Uh, Roku, one of the biggest uh, leaders in uh, smart TV streaming boxes and sticks and TVs in general. They're launching Roku Originals, kind of their own, I guess, streaming service. Featuring Quibi. Quibi. Remember Quibi, Ted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, you know, the upright content. You yes. Know, that yeah. you watch in portrait mode. Oh, yeah, it is portrait mode. How are they going to translate that to TV? They shot it in normal. Yeah, mode. they shot it. I think. Okay. In, yeah, in standard widescreen. So, so I guess that's going to be the foundation of their Roku originals. So, if you have one of these Roku TVs or streaming sticks, uh, apparently you'll be able to watch uh, this content for free on uh, the Roku channel, essentially. So, Quibi again, but these were like little short bits, weren't they? Like ten minutes long max. But there was episode of content. So it wasn't it wasn't one-offs. There were supposed to be shows that were supposed to be exclusive to that platform, and so that's ultimately really what Roku was buying. I think when they when they acquired Quibi was they were buying that IP so that they would at least have shows that they could start with as opposed to starting from scratch. That's just my estimation. I don't know that that's in fact the case, but that that would make sense. I think from a business perspective particularly if Roku, which wisely, in my opinion, is looking to get into original programming because right now that's where it's at. If you're going to stand out as a platform, uh, you know, as a smart TV platform of any kind, you're going to have to have some of your own stuff. But that gets expensive, guys. Like that's, you can get into the hundreds of millions of dollars very quickly if you're going to have any type of catalog. That's why you buy a catalog at a fire sale. Yeah, but those are all 10 minutes. <laughs> shorts do you know what i mean like that's only going to carry you for oh a little while but a few months yeah that's true but you know everyone's hungry for more content because everyone's at home watching netflix 24 7 um, and they're running out of netflix to watch but and they're not charging for it yeah it's ad supported so yeah uh, yeah i am making fun of them a little bit but at the same time i think it is a good thing because a lot of people have roku and free content and this this quibi stuff was was actually pretty good some of it well they actually attracted some pretty big stars and and directors and writers and stuff like that so stuff you know the stuff that was already shot is what they bought but they actually i think own some of the at least some of the rights to that programming should they want to do like a second season that maybe is a little bit more consistent with your typical program length so they uh, say that they're going to be 75 Roku originals, including 12 unreleased series that will launch in 2021. So we'll uh, have to stay tuned uh, to that. Uh, next in the news here, guys, Nextdoor. Have you guys used this app? Yes. Ted? I have not. So this is kind of like a um, a neighborly app that you log into. It's kind of like a Facebook thing for your neighborhood. 
So you set up an account and then you get connected with all the people in your neighborhood, essentially. So you can talk about gardening tips or if you've got stuff for sale or what's the best dentist in our area or, you know, hey, my car was broken into last night, that kind of stuff. And it's interesting, too, because to be in it, you actually have to verify they actually mail you like physically mail you a code like a postcard with a code on it so you can actually validate your account so you're actually in the neighborhood that you've joined i, I can see i can see ted's excited about this. well no it's an interesting interesting idea it's kind of funny that it's taking technology like that to get neighbors to talk to each other uh i don't know if, if that's an indication of where we're at you know just generally it, it but, is ted that's where we're at uh, <laughs> but you know what if if it if it gets people you know communicating and collaborating in in the neighborhood um you know kind of like the old days uh, and it works why not right well this is this story angle is not quite where it's working <laughs> Uh oh. so next door uh has been putting out kindness reminders you know we're in difficult times right now sometimes tempers flare a little bit uh, we're all confined to our homes or our neighborhoods in general and you know they're telling people on the app be kind to each other so they've got this new feature that will alert users if it thinks they're about to post something racist <laughs> oh i actually well. had i actually had to leave my next door group because it was just filled with anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers no yeah. really yeah <laughs> Like, I don't know how this feature is going to work. I'm, I'm kind of laughing. I mean, if you're about to post something racist and you get an alert. <laughs> <laughs> You've just won. <laughs> like, uh, are you going to post it anyway because you're just that type of person? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's nice that they're trying to, well, to help my, people. My joke about that is like, why don't you just turn it on by default? <laughs> like... <laughs> Hey, are you sure you want to post that? Like, you don't have to go into whether it's racist or not. Like, just give you a second thought to, you know, have a moment before you actually commit to whatever you're just about to post. Because I think a lot of times people post stuff and then they regret it instantly. And then sometimes they're not even able to retract it because there's already comments on it. Or, 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 or how about just having like, you know, something pop up and say, hey, have you have you proofread this? Just to make sure that you know, that's spelled properly, that you know that you got the spelling right, that maybe you know maybe some some grammar's off, or maybe maybe your tonality might need a little bit of rejigging. I think Ted's uh, pitching for Grammarly to get in, in, injected into uh, next door. <laughs> funny you measure that. I was just thinking of that. Or a it, warning. It'd be funny if Grammarly plugged into this somehow. Yeah, or a warning saying we feel if you post this, your neighbors are going to burn your house down essentially but so they already have uh something that comes up um when people post about comments about like you know blue lives matter or all lives matter or white lives matter yeah so they already have a feature in there that kind of regulates that well it's interesting though because people always find a way around those bots and those ai things like they start you know spelling things differently you see this on tiktok all the time where people will say a word that's maybe banned but they'll say it in a clever twisted way anyway i'm gonna check it out it's kind of funny because uh we have the next door people on the show Mm -hmm. and i I think it's a cool app yeah Uh, no i think it's a good idea and so to to do it i had to set it up on my phone but there was no one it wasn't working in my neighborhood yet so i was the first one so now i think i'm like the the main organizer and i have to okay people (laughs) to be in the neighborhood you're the mayor of your neighborhood yeah and it's kind of odd because i don't know these people 
I'm glad they're coming on, but I'm not going to go to their house to confirm, oh, Joe lives here at 1398 Amble Green. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just kind of, yeah, they seem like they're, <laughs> they live here and I, I let them in. I think someone else should take over <laughs> from me because I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm that great. We have a lot to talk about on the app show today. We've got a good friend, guest, co-host here today, Ted Crozonos. He's our Toronto contributor. You can actually read a lot of his uh, blog posts up on our website, and they're some of my favorite ones up there. Yeah, Ted's got some great stories, and he, he contributes a couple a week, usually. So. Yeah, and they're good. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised, too. <laughs> I wasn't surprised. I'm kidding, Ted. I'm kidding. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of uh, great uh, articles on all the different subscription services. So I really uh, I think, uh, you know, listeners uh, should check that up on uh, getconnectedmedia.com. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. A uh, lot more to talk about. New iPads from Apple, uh, what's happening with Xbox and their Game Pass, being able to play games on other devices, and uh, the Rogers outage. What happened? Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. we got our guest uh, co-host this week, Ted Kritsonos, our Toronto contributor and uh, favorite uh, blog author up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Check out his articles. We also have a, a really cool contest going on, John. Yeah, we'll, we'll have more details at the end of the show. Yeah, but we're giving away $100 Amazon gift cards. Yes. And it's so easy to enter this. I think this is going to be a really fun contest. I think so, too. Let's talk about something that happened this week that brought Canada to its knees. Rogers, one of the big uh, cell phone companies, went down for an entire day. And when I say down, everything. They said intermittent outages. <laughs> I don't know where it was intermittent, but... Yeah, it was not... I well, was out. I, what I heard was that it was, you know, really bad in Toronto. I'm like, it's really bad in Vancouver if there's no service. <laughs> so... Telephone service, like cell service, uh, texting, data, everything. I'm on Rogers. So am I. And Ted, you're on Fido. Yep. Which is Rogers. So Rogers has Fido and Chatter as well. That's right. So how were you affected, Ted? Did you completely go down? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was no way. In fact, the worst part of it was, like a lot of other people, I'm sure, across the country, or at least in Ontario, those people who are trying to book a vaccine appointment uh, and needed to get a verification. Which, which John and I were. We were trying to do that. Yeah, and, so was I. Yeah, and so at least out here, I'm not sure if it's where you are, Ted, but we have the option to go to a pharmacy, like any of your pharmacies, and you can get the AstraZeneca shot. Or the at least in BC, the government-supplied uh, vaccine. Uh, we signed up for about a week ago, Mike and I both, and we were going to get notified. I was going to get notified by text message. Then it's my turn to book. I got that text message about an hour after Rogers came back online that night. So I yeah. could have booked it much earlier, but because I was on Rogers, it had to push out for days where I could have already had my shot by now if it wasn't for the Rogers outage. I love the intermittent. Yeah. Like I, I have talked to many people about this and it was never inter- intermittent. It was just completely out from Vancouver uh, right to Toronto uh, as well. Ted, thoughts on this? Like, it really shows how reliant we are on our smartphones. It does. It shows that connectivity and, and communication is not only in- integral, really, in what we do daily. It's how we do how we run businesses. 
It's how we communicate with each other. And obviously, as you can see, in a health in a healthcare emergency or a healthcare crisis like we're still undergoing here, that it is it plays a role even in that. So it calls into question for sure. First of all, well, for one, the Shaw, uh, you know, the attempted merger there, that calls that into question uh, when something like this happens. Now I know that Rogers is trying to pass the buck over to Ericsson, their uh, network partner. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> uh, you know, suggesting that it was a software issue because of some update that happened on their end. We don't know that for sure at this point because uh, the details are murky right now. But in any case, this is unacceptable. Uh, you you can't go down for a full day uh, with a network this large where you're where you have ten million. You basically have ten million customers across the country, and none of them could communicate unless they're on Wi-Fi. But even if you're on Wi-Fi, you still couldn't you still couldn't receive a text. So you know you're basically you were running blind, really, when it came to uh, texting or, or calling, if you're using the network. Well, I, I have something uh, called Wi-Fi calling. So that's something, you know, Rogers has, that you can enact that feature on your phone, Wi-Fi calling, so that if you're in a crummy area, as long as you have Wi-Fi, you can still get good quality on your phone calls and, you know, texting and stuff like that. But that didn't work either. No, every, but everybody has that. So, so all the carriers generally have Wi-Fi calling, but the... The caveat to that is that the network still has to be up and running. So <laughs> clearly, the, the yeah, the Wi-Fi connection is augmenting your own your own lack of of a connection. So obviously, if it's a little spotty, you're on Wi-Fi, you're good, right? But if there's no network to route the call or the text through, like if that part's down, if that infrastructure is down, then the Wi-Fi calling is is useless. It doesn't do anything, and that's what I think people ultimately recognized as well as all this was going on was that, hey, I've got Wi-Fi calling on. How come I still can't call? Well, you can't because the network that your SIM card is attached to is totally down and doing nothing. And so even with Wi-Fi calling, nothing like that would work. So guys, we've been in tech for many, many years now and worked for you know a number of different companies. And even you know with our company, John, for example, if we're launching a new revamped website, we have that on a staging server. We actually test the heck out of it before we go live with it. Like how how can this software update like wipe out the entire network? Don't they have you know a a, a staging server or you know system to test this before they roll out something like this? Well, and also a way of backing out of it if it's if it's a bad update like we found. Like quickly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't take 12 hours. Those are all very good questions. And Rogers is answering none of them right now. <laughs> so, so what we're going to find out, I hope, sooner than later, because there there needs to be an you know I don't want to call it an inquiry, but I guess you could call it that. There at least should be more information put out to the press and the public, so that people understand exactly what went wrong here. Because if you're Rogers at this point, you need to engender some kind of confidence that a you're competent. And two, that you're, you're going to be able to ensure that this doesn't happen again, especially when you're trying to do a $20 billion takeover of another entity. Uh, yeah. And on top of that, you are, you're trying to, to promote the idea of 5G. Can you imagine if there was like a surgery or some other or an autonomous car that had some kind of a network connection like this and everything went down? For, I mean, for an entire day? Yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty bad. Yeah. So, so you know, we're we're that's why like infrastructure issues like this are going to lead to a lot of questions. But it, 
it's going to be interesting to see if it leads to any kind of change. You can you can talk about it, but whether it leads to any kind of structural change, I think is hard to say. And I'm not optimistic it will, but you know, uh, we'll have to see. So, I, I've seen a lot of people like demanding compensation. <laughs> do you? Do, do either of you guys think that Rogers is going to do anything for us? Yes, they're giving a day compensation. That- yeah, so that's going to be about three dollars. <laughs> Yes. Uh, it's between $2 and $60, depending on what kind of customer you are. So if you're a business or you're a consumer, it'll be relative. But you're basically going to get uh, uh, credit for that one day. That's wow. It. I can't even buy a coffee for that. Yes, yeah, exactly. So in other words, if it costs your business thousands of dollars, you know, because something went down. Too bad. You'll, you'll, you'll get your 10 bucks back. So, <laughs> you know, you'll get your 10 bucks back. But yeah, we're, we're not we're not going to give you anything on top of that, given the fact that we actually cost you money or, or even worse. Free iPhones for everybody. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the, the Rogers IT guy right now. Oh, he's no longer with Rogers. He, he's floating <laughs> face down in Lake Ontario, <laughs> unfortunately uh, right now, but yeah, hopefully we'll get a few more details. Uh, you know, I think transparency is always best, whether someone spilt their Coke on the main server or, you know, what really transpired there. Obviously these things happen, right? I yep. mean, we're in the digital age now. This stuff happens, but transparency is key. I totally agree. Look, if it's two guys who got into a fight in a server room, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like a movie or a comic book, yeah. and they they ended up toppling over some server or something, I mean, you know, just tell us. Like, if, if that's what went down, yeah. you know, an altercation, if yeah. you want to call it, whatever, then that's it. Yeah. But whatever, I agree. Transparency is key. Just tell us what happened and tell us what you're going to do about it. And how are you going to fix it? No more yeah. kickbox fighting in the server room. <laughs> for, for That's example. Right. That's right. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. we got a lot more to talk about, including the Xbox Game Pass. And this is interesting. You'll be able to play these games on other devices. And the new iPad Pro, topping out at, at its highest configuration at $3,000. We'll tell you all the details back after this. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. We've got Ted Crotsonos, our favorite Toronto contributor, as our co-host of the week. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Ted. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you. We're going to talk about uh, Xbox now, one of the uh, big game consoles out there owned by Microsoft. Uh, they compete uh, heavily against uh, Nintendo and Sony and their PlayStation. They're all going to these uh, subscription services for games. Uh, Microsoft's Xbox has Xbox has their Xbox Game Pass. Ted, tell us what the, the latest is on this. Well, the latest news right now is that they're going to be expanding it, at least in beta, to iOS and Windows 10 PCs. So uh, through a browser though, now this is the key point. So if you're gonna play on an iPhone or an iPad, you're gonna have to do it through a Safari browser. So it's not that you're downloading the Game Pass app and then playing that way, you're gonna have to do it through a browser. Now, one of the reasons for that is that they get around some of the restrictions that Apple has with the App Store. Um, and because it's in beta, you know, and it's only for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, because ultimate the ultimate tier of the subscription is the only one that includes what is called cloud gaming, which is the you know where you can play uh, with your phone. Um, so that's that's what we know right now. They just announced it uh, this week, so it's very new, and uh, they're going to be rolling it out. They say uh, intermittently uh, with uh, with ultimate subscribers to try it out. So uh, yeah, it remains to be seen how it's going to work, but it's great news because now you're expanding to a whole you know, massive market of iPhone and iPad users. And it already works so well on Android. So if it works as well on the iPhone and iPad, uh, I mean, it's going to be great. So you have to have an Xbox to make it no. play? No. 
No. no. So you can play all these games on a virtual cloud-based Xbox. Yes. So basically the way they've broken it down is that there are games that are going to be available if you have an Xbox, if you have a PC, and if you have a phone. Now, not every single game, let's say, that's available for the console or PC is going to be available for the phone, right? So there are going to be some games that are going to be missing if you're, if you're playing on your phone. But there are a lot of good games there. Some of them are older, some of them are a little newer, um, and for the most part, it's a, it's a pretty seamless experience. So if you imagine Netflix and then apply gaming to that, that's kind of what you're looking at. The, the key thing, though, and I, ha- and I stress this in the article as well, is that on top of what you're paying you know, monthly to get access to this, your internet connection is crucial, absolutely crucial. For example, uh, you know, I was at my parents' house. My dad is watching a soccer game on DAZN. I couldn't play Wolfenstein on, on Game Pass. It was jittery. It was lagging. It was pixelated. It was awful. Once the game ended and DAZN ended, you know, we stopped DAZN, all of a sudden I could play again. So, and he's, you know, he's got a speed of like 150 megabits down. So it's not like it's super slow. Uh, but yeah, th- that kind of bottlenecking, unfortunately, can happen. Uh, so y- if you're looking to play and you're paying for like 50 megabits down, just beware that you're probably not going to get the, the cleanest experience. So you, you're not playing this on your iPhone on a bus, on your data connection? Well, I, w- I, w- I would advise not doing it. And I say this in the article as well. I would advise not playing with a data connection because after just one hour of playing three gigs is gone three gigs yeah wow okay so it depends like what kind of uh data bucket you have in a month like if you're you know if you're going with 20 gigs and you rarely go over five let's say you can afford to play a game you know for an hour or two and you'll be fine but just just be aware that it, it, it is a it is a data hungry platform they announced something else that was, I thought was really interesting this week as well. If you're an Xbox Live Gold subscriber, uh, that's typically what you had to have to play any online games, even if those games themselves were free, like Fortnite, uh, there's Destiny 2, Warzone, uh, or Call of Duty Warzone, uh, Apex Legends, those types of games, you had to be an Xbox Live Gold subscriber. They've actually re- removed that requirement. So if the game is free to play online, you no longer have to have that. So that could open up a lot more Xbox players because the Xbox is one of the better experiences for some of those games. But having to pay a monthly or an annual fee just to play online, a lot of people didn't to, like. To, to play free games. Yeah, to play free games. Yeah. Yeah. I get it for the you know the paid games, but things like Fortnite and stuff like that, it, that was the one thing that I didn't like having to pay you know, 40 or $60 a year to be able to play that online. And I wasn't using any of the Xbox Live functionality or features for that privilege, if you will, but they've removed that now, which is, I think, kind of cool. We're talking with Ted Kritzonos right now about uh, Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass. And this is an interesting, uh, I guess, new chapter in gaming. It's all about cloud gaming now. So no longer are you just relegated to having your games on your console, like your Xbox or your PlayStation for that matter. They're selling these subscription uh, services that allow you to basically play games anywhere you are on pretty well most machines, whether that's a Windows 10 machine or even your iPhone or your iPad. Ted, can you go through the pricing for this, uh, for this, like the different Xbox passes? Because it, it gets a little confusing to me. 
Yeah, certainly. So it, it, it's largely based on what device you're looking to play on, right? So if you're looking to play on a console, they literally call it Game Pass console. That's going to run you 12 bucks a month. And it only works with Xbox One consoles. That's it. So there isn't any cross-platform compatibility there. You're just playing on the console. If you put, go with Game Pass PC, that is also 12 bucks a month. However, Microsoft charges you only $1 for the first month. So instead of a free trial, because there is no free trial available, they're basically saying, hey, give us a buck, you know, try it out for the first month, and then we'll go up to 12 bucks after that. Same thing applies, you know, it only applies to Windows 10 devices. So again, it, it's, it's just specifically with that, with that um, uh, platform. Game Pass Ultimate opens it all up. So this takes everything that the PC tier gives you but then adds the mobile gaming on Android on top of that. And I mentioned earlier that we now have a beta that's been la that's launching that will also include uh, iOS, so iPhone and iPad, but that's in beta and that will be available to some of the Game Pass Ultimate subscribers going forward. As John mentioned too, Xbox Gold Live is also included in the Ultimate subscription as well. So if you're looking to do multiplayer gaming, you can, uh, as long, so long as you're paying Ultimate and that is also a dollar to start for the first month so it's effectively a trial and then it's $17 a month after that so i'm just just to get clear here again you have to have xbox gold to play multiplayer no it, it, game pass ultimate includes Got it. xbox gold live okay so it throws it in for you so that you can play multiplayer so even if you're playing a game that has multiplayer in it let's say on your android phone you can do so because it's already baked in and so the ultimate pass will get you um, the games on your Windows PC, uh, your mobile, and also the console? Totally cross-platform. So you can use the same login on an Xbox One console, Windows 10 device, and on an Android phone, and you can play whatever games are available. And if the games are available on all three, let's say, you can literally stop on one and then pick up where you left off on the other. Oh, that's crazy technology there. Well, I also wonder how long until we see an Apple TV app for this. I don't think they will because uh, to your point earlier, uh, Ted, you're saying that the Apple ones are only playable through a Safari browser. And I think the simple reason is if they had to make an app for that, then Apple would get like a 30% cut. Correct. So if Microsoft were to charge, let's say $17 for an ultimate subscription through their app on the App Store, under Apple's rules, Apple would get 30% of that $17. So that's why Microsoft is at this point doing a beta that's not costing anything, right? So they're not running subscription uh, subscriptions through uh, their app on the App Store, but they can at least try out a beta this way to see what they can do, perhaps to circumvent those rules and get around them. It will be interesting, though, when they lift that out of beta, what that's going to look like. But, you know, for now, at least uh, it's expanding those platforms, which is great news for those who have them. And I probably forgot to really get into the most important part. When you get this this Game Pass, the, there's a bunch of games you can play that are included, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like Netflix, right? So you, you subscribe, and then you have essentially a, a huge list of games. There are, you know, dozens and dozens of games. Some are touch only, so touch screen only. Others, you use a compatible controller that you can play. Uh, you just connect the controller to the phone or the tablet via Bluetooth. And you're playing, you know, and the phone become phone or tablet becomes your screen, and you're just playing on the controller. And sorry, how much uh, is the ultimate pass again? Seventeen dollars a month. And you get dozens of games. Yes, probably more than dozens. That's yeah, that's pretty it, good. They're adding to. I mean, they just added to it. I think today again, like they're 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 constantly adding new games, 
Um, most of them are older games. So I, I just so that you know those listening are clear, this isn't a situation where a game launches on other platforms and then it's available on Game Pass the same day. It, it's not like that. There's going to be some games here and there, like MLB The Show 21 is available uh, on Game Pass now. So if you're a baseball fan, you got that. But for the most part, it, it's older games. So it's not going to be the newest titles that come out all the time. We've been talking about Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So for 17 bucks a month, you get access to dozens of games that you can play on an Xbox console if you have it, or on a Windows 10 machine, uh, or on mobile now uh, as well for some users. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're talking about the, the new iPad Pros from Apple. There's some big changes. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Let's talk iPads. Apple just had a big uh, spring announcement, uh, all sorts of things from AirTags to new iMacs, new Apple TVs, but we're going to focus in on the iPad Pros. Uh, Big change here is that they're now using their new Apple M1 chip. This is their own silicon that they were using, although they were using their own silicon chips before, Mm -hmm. which were they called their bionic series of uh, processors. But these, uh, these new iPads, tablets, are almost I would almost say they're like MacBooks now like they've got the power inside them yeah they're a MacBook without a keyboard but you can get a keyboard yeah for a price well this this has always been my question is how do you decide because especially at these prices for the pro and the screen real estate and all the accessories you need to get you might as well get a MacBook absolutely I could not agree more uh, this is the pricing, first of all, is obscene when it comes to uh, really specking out uh, an iPad Pro. And the fact is that Mac OS is superior to iPad OS when it comes to productivity. That's just my opinion. Uh, I'm just stating it you know, the way I look at it personally. Uh, to me, and, and particularly the kind of work that I do, and I'm not sure about you guys, but uh, the Mac OS just, is just more intuitive. It's, it's more, I think, there's better access to certain applications, and they generally work better. I'm excited to use the M1 uh, chipset when I get the chance, uh, but I wouldn't do it, I, for me personally, I wouldn't do it on an iPad Pro, although I can see the utility, certainly for those who can get some real value out of the Pro, because I mean, that, that form factor with that keyboard and the screen is really, really nice too. So, you know, there's a lot to like, but the pricing, not much to like there. Well, let's look at the pricing. They got two models. They've got uh, the 11-inch and the 12.9-inch. Might as well say 13, 13-inch. <laughs> They're beautiful screens. They've got that powerful M1 chip on them as well now. Uh, they've got a much better camera on them, uh, a 1080p camera for doing like Zoom calls. And it's also got, it's an ultra-wide angle lens on it. So it encompasses a much wider field of view. Yeah, and they have something called center stage, which uh, using that ultra wide lens, essentially, like when you're on your FaceTime or Zoom calls, you can, it can actually literally follow you around the frame uh, because it's not using the full width of the of, of of the of the lens. It's sort of pushed in a little bit, and then it has some wiggle room to go back and forth as you move around. So, like Mike, he likes to walk around his kitchen while he's on those calls, and you know it could technically follow him without physically moving. Yeah. I like to get ready for my like little TikTok dances. Yeah, there, there is a caveat though that we should mention when it comes to the screen, and that is that the Super Retina XDR display is only in the twelve point nine inch. Yes, not so. What I mean by that is, what Apple has done is they put ten thousand LEDs, like small LEDs, in the panel, 
And that only is for that 12.9 inch. That is not in the 11 inch. So in other words, the dynamism of the screen will apply to the larger model and not so much the smaller one. Uh, of course, this is as close as Apple can get to an OLED display. Um, you know, to me, the Samsung displays on their tablets are better, but you know, uh, iPads still look good. It's just that is a, a distinction between the two models that I think is worth noting for those who really care about screens. So just looking at the base pricing, the 11 inch model is uh, 999 and the 12.9 inch starting uh, is at 1399. Both those are 128 uh, gigabytes of storage mediocre specs because the the ram's not enough now mind you this is the first time apple's ever mentioned ram in an ipad they, they've never talked about ram, ram before whenever launching an ipad now all of a sudden it matters uh so they've mentioned that but yeah the specs are not are, are, are not the best you're probably gonna have to upgrade if you're looking at this as a serious productivity device i don't know if those base specs are going to be enough again to each their own uh, it may be but you know, that's the way I look at it. It, it. it does seem a little bit underpowered, even with M1. So you can you can trick this thing out pretty high. So the, the larger one, the, the 12.9 inch, with Wi-Fi and cellular, you can get up to two terabytes of storage, $3,000 for an iPad. But keep in mind, that is, I would say, aimed at professionals that need that amount of storage and power. Well, it, is, it also has 5G. Oh, and 5G technology, yes. So you can get high-speed uh, cellular, no matter where you are. Yeah, but for $3,000, you can get a pretty skookum MacBook. I, I got to be honest, guys. I love the iPad. I love the form factor. I love traveling with it. It's a great consumption device. And now uh, that it supports keyboard and like a trackpad or mouse, it's cat's pajamas for me. But do you like it? Do you like iPad OS more than Mac OS? For what I do, yeah, it's fine. The only thing that sometimes I have trouble with are spreadsheets, but now with the mouse support, it's not an issue anymore. Like, I'm not an animator. I'm, I'm a guy that, you know, does web surfing. I, I consume content on it. Uh, I'll do lots of writing, emails, and a bit of spreadsheet work. So it's, it's more than enough for me. Yeah, for me, the compromise was uh, the iPad Air that just came out last fall. I bought one of those because it's my first iPad upgrade in a number of years. We've uh, got some great articles uh, up on our website if you want to find out more about the iPad and all the other uh, Apple announcements uh, as well. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the details of the new contest, giving away $100 gift cards to Amazon. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Let's talk about this awesome contest that we have going, John. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to have you do is you sign up through our website. Just go to getconnectedmedia.com. Look for the contest button uh, or the newsletter button. Both will take you to the same place. And we're going to see what kind of tech scavenger hunt skills you have this this week or this month, actually. And we're going to see what kind of cool tech you think we should be talking about on the show, on our TV show, our radio show. We want to find the really cool, interesting, and even maybe the weird tech that you're going to find on Amazon. So you're going to click a link. You're going to uh, sign up uh, like you normally have to. And then you're going to share what you found. And we're going to take a look at it. And the prize. $100 gift card for Amazon. We're going to give away two of them. So two people can win. What a great deal. Again, getconnectedmedia.com for all the details, giving away a couple $100 Amazon gift cards. Again, visit the site, getconnectedmedia.com. I want to thank John and Christina and the rest of the team that helped put the show together. See you again next time. 
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.